The Amazing Beauty of Creation is brought to you by CompuKids. CompuKids is an online technology academy for kids. CompuKids offers courses like game development, coding, app development, graphic design, and animation, all especially designed for kids. The CompuKids courses are all available as downloadable multimedia ebooks. CompuKids will help you to prepare your child for the fourth industrial revolution by providing them with valuable technology skills. Support the show by visiting www.compukids.me. That's .me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm your host Bilal Katrada. And I'm your co-host Talha Katrada. And today we're going to talk about a creature that's actually a mishmash of other creatures. Now you know when there's leftover food in the in the in the fridge, and mum uses some of that to make a pizza. So you'll get this pizza that she'll call maybe a Four Seasons pizza. That part of it will be the other day's mince curry, and then the other day's chicken curry, and yesterday's mutton curry. And she takes all of that, mishmashes it into a uh, a pizza and we enjoy that pizza now there is a creature believe it or not there's actually a creature that seems to be a mishmash of other creatures just like that leftover pizza now this creature is so strange that when scientists encountered it for the first time they thought it was a hoax they thought somebody was really pranking them by sending them this creature and they actually looked for stitches on its body to see where they had where the pranksters had joined up body parts of different creatures now what's great about this creature is that it goes dead against everything we know about animals and it really it confounds and confuses scientists up till today so from the time they first discovered it over 100 years ago till now Scientists are just absolutely, completely confused. They're not even sure how to classify this creature, where it fits in, and how did a creature like this come about. And it's things like this. It's creatures like this that actually make evolutionary scientists even more frustrated than they already are because there is no way that evolution can explain something like this. This is a creature like no other on this planet. Talha, tell us, what is this creature and why is it so weird? Okay, so the creature we're talking about today, if you didn't already guess, is the platypus. And so the, the platypus in itself, okay, it's a small semi-aquatic mammal that lives in Australia and Tasmania. However, the real supply surprise comes in when you start looking at this creature and you start studying it. Now, at first glance, you're immediately going to doubt whether you're dreaming or you're actually seeing what you're seeing because this creature is, it looks like parts of other creatures just stitched together to create something new. So when you look at a, a, a platypus, it's got like the body and the fur of an otter. It's got like the tail of a beaver and it has like a duck's bill and a duck's feet. So you know that, that little flat mouthpiece that a duck has a platypus has like so this creature is a mammal it's not a bird and it has a mouth like that and 
this is why scientists actually thought that it was fake when they first discovered it. You know, I so saw I saw some pictures of it, and when you when you look at this platypus, it looks like a toy. It looks like something that was that you can go and pick up at a at a toy shop, but then it's real, weird, very weird looking creature. Correct, and so it was first discovered by explorers who who came to Australia, and they were exploring the land, discovering new locations and new creatures, and they found this creature. And they, one of the guys there, they made a sketch of it, and they killed one and sent its hide back to Britain because that's where the, the head of science was. And the guys over there, they came up with a conclusion that it's fake, it's a hoax. They thought it was made by some Asian taxidermist, and that's what they're looking at. They said that it was just a duck's bill sewed on to the hide of like a beaver. You know, I can't blame them looking at pictures. Honestly, of you can't and. They, yeah, like you said, they even took some scissors and they went looking for, for the stitches where they, they, they actually combined these creatures. But, I mean, as we know today, the platypus is an actual living creature made by nature. Okay, so where does, where does the platypus actually live? I think you, you mentioned it, it lives in Australia, right? It lives in Australia and Tasmania. Okay. So, and it, it's a very, very limited area of land that it occupies. Uh, which makes it kind of vulnerable to uh, hunting and to habitat destruction. Which, but you know, brings b- brings up the question again, why Australia? Why does Australia have such weird creatures? I mean, the kangaroo, for example. If I'm not mistaken, the kangaroo also is not found anywhere else uh, in the world except exactly, in Australia. Exactly, only in Australia. I mean, think about it. Instead of having four legs on which it can walk, you've got this weird creature that has two giant legs and two tiny T-Rex type legs that it needs to hop around. I mean, you know, now that we've, we've, we've grown up seeing pictures and videos of kangaroos, we're kind of used to that. But if you really think about what a kangaroo is and how his body is formed, it's really, really weird and laughable. But then there's also other creatures that are maybe not so outlandish like the kangaroo and the platypus, but are nonetheless... Um, unique to Australia, like certain types of spiders and other bugs and and octopi and other sea creatures. So Australia is really a weird place, right? It is. It's and so many of the creatures there are so incredibly deadly, uh, including the platypus, which we'll get to a bit later in the episode. All right, let's back to Mr. Platypus. Tell us more about it. Such an interesting creature. Now, the more we start to study it, the more weird you're going to realize it is. In fact, I mean, I bet if someone never knew what a platypus was and they started listening to this episode, they'd probably think we were joking or we were trying to pull a hoax on them. But take my word for it, this creature is an actual living creature. Now, another thing that makes it incredibly weird is that it is a mammal but it lays eggs. It lays eggs like, like a bird or, or like a reptile, but it's a mammal. Or like a duck. <laughs> like a duck. Now, there's only five living mammals alive today that we know lay eggs. Unsurprisingly, those are all found in Australia and New Guinea. There we go again with so Australia. Australia. That's a weird now, place. Now... So it's, it's, it's incredibly weird that, I mean, just think about that, a mammal that lays eggs. You know, normally mammals give birth to live young, but this one goes against the books and says it wants to lay eggs. Now, normally, like, so platypuses, firstly, 
normally when they when they live in like all year round they'll dig they'll use their feet to dig little burrows close to the water's edge and that, that's where they live can can i stop you can i stop you there a moment what's the plural of platypus is it like radius and radii platypus and platypi in, or platypuses in, in my <laughs> research a, i've come across all three of those terms though okay. all three of those are used but i think generally uh plata platypus and okay. platypuses are are accepted so it <laughs> even the naming for these creatures are weird yeah now there's there's actually a meaning behind the name right i i it's it's an it's a it's a latin name i think it's something to look at there's there's a there's a weird meaning to the name platypus i'm not too sure that but yeah there's there's some homework for our listeners go and find out what the word platypus means in in latin Now in any case so these platypus they dig their burrows close to the water's edge just a few centimeters above the waterline to prevent obviously water flooding their their homes but when after a fleme- female uh, platypus mates she'll dig a much more elaborate and a much larger burrow sometimes it can be as long as 20 meters now platypus is a small mammal it only grows to a maximum of of about 50 centimeters And so imagine I mean that's quite a long tunnel for for a creature of that size. And a lot of hard work. I can imagine weeks and weeks of hard work digging and removing Precisely. the earth from the ground. I mean think about building a 20 meter long tunnel even for us as humans it, it'll be tough. Exactly. But and here's this tiny creature that uh, that does it alone. Alone and it the the tunnel itself isn't where where the work ends. So this female she'll also place she'll block off the tunnel at certain intervals like sort of like put plugs or or bulkheads like how we see in ships along certain intervals of of that tunnel and this as far as we understand has a number of of of, uh, of purposes firstly it prevents rising water levels from flooding into her nest so this protects her eggs and her nest keeps everything dry inside there very similar to how you would see in a ship you know if a certain part of of a ship gets flooded then um they they have like these bulkheads that they seal up and that prevents the water from rushing into the rest of the ship and sinking it so this platypus employs a similar mechanism in its uh in its nest or in its tunnels oh wow uh-huh. that's interesting how does a little creature know all that it's Very truly fascinating to a degree in engineering civil <laughs> engineering perhaps Now the second use it uses it has for those those blockages is to prevent predators like from entering that nest and as we know Australia has no shortage of dangerous predators so this those bulkheads will also stop uh, snakes or whatever else from entering her nest and eating her eggs or her babies and thirdly this one is also truly fascinating those bulkheads are thought to help the platypus control the humidity and the temperature inside the, the its nest okay to uh, to ensure that there's ideal conditions for the for the eggs and to actually incubate wow if anyone has ever had experience or has watched a show about people breeding birds or or reptiles you know how sensitive eggs are and how they got to so perfectly monitor the temperature and the humidity and they have all sorts of equipment to control that temperature so this is the way a platypus does it on its own 
Now, you know, it's things like this that may really make me think about the Creator. Let me really let me make me start thinking about Allah Taala's wisdom and His might and His power and His creativity. I mean, look at this. Uh, this tiny little creature, in in a state of pregnancy, I can I, I might say, builds this twenty meter long tunnel. You've, you're looking at a fifty centimeter body, but it builds a twenty meter tunnel that is waterproof. Well, not just a tunnel, but the tunnel is actually an incubator that is waterproof, it's predator-proof, and it's temperature and humidity controlled. Isn't that amazing? It's fascinating. I mean, we do those things with so much of knowledge. If you really, if I had to say to you, build a uh, some sort of uh, uh, some sort of incubator to incubate these eggs, I think maybe. After a few, a lot of research and quite a few tries, you might get it right. But this creature just knows what to do. This is amazing. This shows the greatness of the Creator. Just this one creature alone, you know, you can ponder about it for days and days and think about how weird it looks. And by the way, the name platypus, we looked it up. It actually means a duck-like, like a duck in Latin. A fitting name for this creature. Yeah, it does, does look like a flattened duck. You could call it like flatter duck or, or something. Maybe that's a new name we could propose to scientists. It's because it's a flattened out duck. Anyways, you, these these creatures you can ponder over it for for days and days and see the greatness of the creator in uh, in them. Okay, so once it's built the the burrow, what happens next? Okay, so then it will start to prepare it for the eggs. Now, obviously, she can't just put her eggs on the hard ground on the hard dirt. So she'll get leaves and reeds and she'll start building a nest. But she, she won't just place those materials at the end of the tunnel where the, the nest is going to be. Along the entire way, she'll soften up the floor with those materials. And she'll carry these materials to her nests using her tail. So she curls up her tail and she holds those, those materials underneath her tail. So she kind of pinches them between her body and her tail and then she she inches them along to, to her tunnel where she'll lay them out properly. And then at the end of the tunnel inside one of those chambers she'll uh, she'll create a nest that's nice and soft for her eggs. And uh, she'll then lay up to, I mean from between one and three eggs. Most of the time it's just two but it can be one or three as well. And she'll incubate these eggs with her own body. She uses her own body heat to curl up around the eggs and keep them warm and help them develop. And it's actually, it, it only takes 10 days for, for platypus eggs to hatch, which is a really short amount of time compared to, to other birds and, and other egg-laying creatures. That, that tells me that perhaps the, the babies are somewhat semi-formed in her body. Uh, perhaps I mean being a mammal because mammals generally you know form their babies in the bodies that is correct you see like for example chickens the eggs will will stay a lot shorter inside their bodies will have a lot shorter time to develop inside their bodies and then they take a long time to develop outside their bodies but with platypuses they keep their eggs inside of them for a bit longer so the eggs develop a lot more inside them and then just at the final stage she lays them out they develop fully and then they hatch and wow. okay. when they hatch, they are extremely tiny, only like, you know, about two to three centimeters. They are hairless and blind. 
So they, they cannot fend for themselves at all. So the mother then has to nurture her babies for about four months until they develop enough and they can go out of the, uh, the burrow and start swimming around and fending for, for themselves. Now during that entire period of, of time that where she lays her eggs and she's incubating them and she's raising them, she'll only leave her burrow for short periods of, of time, but most of her time will be spent inside that burrow, sealed off behind several of those plugs with her eggs or with her babies, depending how far along they are. Which is tr- amazing. I mean, like imagine the creature just isolating itself in one 20 meter long tunnel. I mean, imagine it's pitch black in there. There's absolutely no light making it in. Mm. And, and she spends most of her time there caring for her young until they are old enough to then go out into the world for themselves. Wow. Uh, okay, and another interesting fact, uh, this one I just randomly came along in my research, platypuses don't have teeth. They have just like these bony plates that they use for crushing food. However, baby platypuses are born with teeth. But then those teeth fall off early in their lives and then they're just left with those bony plates for crushing. So they have, what, they have duckbills plus teeth? Yeah, so I, I'm not sure how that works even. Like I'm, 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 I'm thinking about uh, a duck that has teeth, and it looks very funny. It looks weird. Yeah, a duck I mean, grinning at you with teeth. I wonder why they have teeth. It's weird. It's yeah, and I think maybe it just helps them in their early life somehow. But then they don't need it anymore as they grow. So then those teeth fall off. It's truly amazing. I mean, that's just another fact that makes platypuses so weird everything's just weird about these creatures and uh, speaking of weird things about them platypuses are also one of very few mammals that are, are venomous so platypuses are actually venomous creatures what so you see venomous mammals venomous mammals this How, must be like the only venomous mammal in the world it's among the few that are. There are a few others scattered around, but so far, it's, I mean, platypus is one of the probably the most famous ones. You see, mo- both male and female platypuses are born with these spurs behind their, their rear ankles, like this little spike behind their ankles. And only the males, however, are, are capable of delivering venom through that spike. And so they just, just this, if they attack, they stab you. They'll just jab you with the back of their foot. Okay. And that's how they develop, uh, deliver their venom. Now, this venom, it's, it's powerful enough to kill a small creature, like, you know, maybe a dog, a medium-sized dog. But it's, it's not big enough, it's not powerful enough to kill a, a, a full-grown person. Okay, that's a, that's a relief. How but I guess, you know, they, they only use this for defense, not for... for yeah, mostly for, for defense. And although that venom, it can't kill a person, it's incredibly, incredibly painful. So as, as cute as you might think platypuses are, don't try to tickle one. It's, it's incredibly painful. And it also, it could have some long-term effects. Like certain re- studies have shown that people who are, are, are experienced to or exposed to platypus venom for months or even years after that, they have a heightened pain sensitivity. They're a lot more sensitive to pain. Oh, wow. So definitely don't go around playing with wild platypuses. Okay, but then that raises another question. What exactly do platypuses eat? Uh, uh, platypuses are, are carnivorous creatures. 
so they'll eat any kind of animal they come across. So this will include like worms, shrimp, fish, or any other small uh, insects that they they come across. And then they'll use that bony plate inside their mouth to crush those and, and swallow them. Cool. Now the way that they find their prey is also weird for a mammal. So platypuses use electrolocation. So they have these little electrical detectors, electric sensitive organs around their 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 body, and those actually detect electric fields that other creatures make when they move. Somewhat like a shark, don't sharks exactly have that? Exactly like a shark. So they oh, have the wow. same uh, same characteristic with a shark, and this. It's very, very weird and rare to to see this kind of of uh, capability inside a mammal. Yeah, I mean, now think about it. It's got something from a duck, something from a beaver, something from an otter, and now something from a shark. From a shark as well. So and venom. I don't know where the venom comes from. Snake. Maybe from yeah. But so this this platypus is truly just a mixture of all these different creatures. That's amazing. That's really amazing. This is this is really one of the most fascinating creatures that 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 you can ever come across and i definitely like to see one hopefully if i can get to australia sometime and uh, you know go to a reserve where you can see uh, platypuses i would definitely like to see one but uh, this is really one of those types of creatures like i said before that confuses scientists i mean where does it fit into the spectrum just you know when we thought we had clear definitions of what a mammal is what a bird is or what an otter is what types of creatures have venom and what type of creatures don't have venom along comes this platypus and defies all of that it's kind of you know it's straddling so many different classifications it fits across so many different classifications it it's like a bridge between these different uh, types of of creatures and i think now that we've uh, we've described the platypus the you know the listeners will understand where i was coming from when i said it's like a pizza made out of all types of leftover foods this creature looks as if it's been made from parts spare parts of different creatures what was the wisdom of the creator for making this we'll probably never know but definitely he had a reason because you know it's as albert albert einstein says god is not arbitrary he doesn't make things for no reason he doesn't do things whimsically there's a definite wisdom for its existence and it is existing so there's a reason that he made it but what's the greatest part about it what's the best part about it is how fascinating this creature is and through the through this creature we get to see a glimpse of the creator himself Anyways, that's all we have time for today. We're going to have to wrap up uh, today's episode. This has been another episode of The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm your host Bilal Katrada and I'm your co-host Talha Katrada and we'll catch you in the next episode.